welcome back to the TF Tuesday podcast. Today we have another special guest joining us and with me as well to chat with the special guest is Kay Libra. How are you doing today, Kay Libra? Uh, stressed out. I'm de-stressing now. Excellent. Well, we'll we'll get de-stressed over the course of this uh, episode, I hope. Distressed? Sounds great. Can't wait for that. <laughs> A constant state of mind. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to have our guest with us today. Uh, Lobo Leo, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, hello there. Yeah, Lobo Leo is fine. <laughs> uh, or Leo, Leo too. Uh, I'm, I'm an artist, a TF artist from South America, especially from Chile. And I've been arting, you know, uh, since 2002, maybe, 2001. I think by the end of 2001, I think I posted my first art. And then I think I had my own site in 2002 at lobolio.net by then, I think. And yeah, I've been most around for two decades. So yeah, English is my second language. I speak primarily Spanish, but I'm here regardless. We're really (laughs) glad to have you on. Yeah. I was curious to hear a little bit as to how you discovered transformation and what really got you into making TF art. I didn't grasp the transformation concept very rapidly, to be honest. For, for me, it was part of, a, of the horror genre. Uh, so I started watching. I remember my grandfather had a beta player back, back then. And there was one, only one uh, vi- uh, video renting store in my in my home place that rented a few beta players because most of the folks that I knew, or other people that I knew, had v- VHS tapes. But I, I I couldn't go to their homes. So. <laughs> but in this particular store, there was a copy of The Howling, and in Beta Beta Max. So that was the the movie that kind of opened my eyes, it exploded my brain, and after that I I, I wasn't the same. <laughs> that movie came in 81, maybe I saw that movie at the late uh, 80s, maybe 86. Before that I think I saw, I, I think the first real exposure to TF was Manimal. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't remember exactly the date to be honest. But I think uh, people—I uh, mean, people from my age—used uh, to make uh, fun about about that, that show because it's, it was very cheesy back then, even for those standards back in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> but but I I couldn't share my enthusiasm for the for the transformation with anybody because deep inside me I I knew there was something more that I was feeling that people didn't felt excited about it and i i really love every every second of the craftsmanship that there was behind it there was that there was the thriller uh, music video from michael jackson oh yeah <laughs> yeah there was uh, well, as i said the howling and of course of course uh, i cannot mention an american world in london i think those are the touchstones that mark marked my my entire tf career in a way, if you, if you can call it uh, a <laughs> No, that's really cool. It makes sense to me. 
yeah, those were the touchstones, to be honest. And from there, I think the later I, I find the, the World of Hope TV show from the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's real cool. And it's funny because I would have, uh, you know, obviously American Werewolf in London is the most uh, like evident thing that people could tell about your work, you know. Um, especially with, uh, I remember the, the photo manipulation set that you made a long time ago and it was, it's fun to look at because it's almost shot for shot with your own, like, with, with, with a few of the things that obviously you wanted to see that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. And it's like, oh yeah, this is definitely your shit, but, um, <laughs> but there's gotta be something else. And, uh, but yeah, there you go. You already, uh, you already made plenty of sense with that. Yeah, because I I felt there was a very distinct uh, style back back then. Uh, werewolves back then were all about horror, and I think there was no discussion beyond that. I, I I think when it came to art, you had two distinct ways. I don't know or styles. You you have the fantasy settings. Um, maybe Golden Wolf was very upfront with her art. And that was the art, the artistic flair of the wearable fandom, I, I, I say. But on the movies, on shows, it was all horror. I think you could say that to, to this day, but I think right now we are past that. I think it's funny enough that we have, I don't know, we have like a video games. And we have characters like in the newest game from, from, from software. Uh, you have the... Oh, Blythe. Yeah, and I I've seen in the mainst- mainstream comments people being totally lewd. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean uh, about that character, and I think it's a different world right now from what it was there. Uh, I don't know. It was it's really funny when I when I look back from where everything came from, and I don't know. It's it's a fun place to be <laughs> to be right now. Yeah, absolutely. All the people that grew up with this stuff are now, you know, here we are, we're adults, and now, you know, with the adults putting their own spin and tones on werewolves, the appreciation is going to change, and um, not that it hasn't already. When it comes to even like a character like Blythe, it's funny how um, how people are just like, oh my god, I love him so much, and all I can think of, that's guts. <laughs> It's just guts. <laughs> Basically, yeah. People don't realize that they, they make those connections very subconsciously. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Th- that inspiration is like evident in so many different pieces of media. And it's not always a conscious connection that people make when they're drawn into that stuff. But if you start looking for it, it's definitely there. So in terms of, I guess, you know, shifting focus a little bit to your art, I think a lot of people, myself included, would say that a lot of the werewolf content that you've made was really impactful, especially given it's been around for such a long time. So I was uh, interested in asking what your major influences were that kind of gave you your style or helped inspire your style. There definitely seems to be a anime and manga influence there. And so I was, I was curious if there's any that stick out. Yeah, uh, well, I, I I grew up in the. For me, when I say I grew up, I I mean my early life from 
from kids when I was 12, 15 years old, maybe. And there was a very large gap uh, when there was no no animation, no new animation, no, no new content, because uh, in the late 70s, 77, we had uh, a political assault. We have a, a Pinochet. Oh, Pinochet, yes. Yes, yeah. I'm familiar. So we didn't have a, an influx of new of new art. Everything related to art was very castrated for a long time. So in the late 80s, I, I, I say, uh, I think things started to change. Our country were a little more open to receive more foreign stuff. And suddenly, suddenly there was an influx of anime I didn't know what anime was back then, so I say in the '86 I watched uh, Macros, and uh, that you may know as Robotic. Yeah. Maybe for that we, you had Massinger C, but I think Macros was like the the first anime that, that caught my eyes, and I was like, "What the fuck is this? Is this is sci-fi? This is mecha." Uh, transformation and there is a love story and the music is awesome the animation is awesome wait which which story macros oh macross okay super dimensional fortress macros also known as robotic and that was the first like influx and i i love that show and then we we get to the 90s and the 90s open the floodgates and we get uh Rurouni kenshin uh, you may know as samurai x uh, we get saint seiya which you may know as the uh, Zodiac Knights, Slam Dunk, uh, all these kind of of shows that that uh, fill my mind with stories and fantasy. And back then, anime wasn't as tame as is uh, as it is today. To be honest, there was a lot of blood. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah, there yeah. was a especially. I don't know if you're familiar with Saint Seiya, but there was some very gruesome fights in that uh, show. For and for our age, back then in the mid '90s, it was like, "What the fuck is this?" Oh man, I gotta tell you, even like even Dragon Ball had changed. Dragon Ball is yeah. is so sanitary now. Nobody's getting yeah. punched through the. Nobody's getting their torsos punched through nobody's getting their arms ripped off <laughs> nobody is getting nobody is losing parts of their body because a beam like eradicated like you know three-fourths of them none of that shit is happening anymore yeah it is so yeah. sanitized now back then it was a i think there was a lot of passion and, and you could you could tell by the lines of the the of the there was another texture in those drawings back in the in the mid nineties. Uh, there was not uh, still digi- digital animation yes. that, that is very clean as is, as it is. There's a grit to it. There's a grit to it that isn't here anymore, for the most part. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, but besides anime, I I, I did read uh, a few mangas. I, I had to do a lot of savings from my end to to buy a, a few magazines that that contain manga. I I remember. I don't know if you are familiar with Video Girai, uh, from Video Gear and Dinia Square, uh, which are which are mangas from. Masakazu Katsura. I'm not sure if you're familiar with with him. He he also did Setman. His his art is very specific because he that was the first mangaka that made that made it big in the romance category 
where only only shoujo and female female uh, artists could could uh, only get there. He somehow blended together uh, shoujo and shonen in one single story, and that was unheard of. And I, to be honest, I I feel myself. Uh, <laughs> people won't believe this, but in, uh, I feel that I I have this particularly. I was very fond of that romantic side uh, of of storytelling when it came to manga. I love that aspect of relationship and how they can grow up over time. And there was a very mature sense in comparison to everything else that was in the time. I don't know, you, you here in Chile, here in Latin America, we have a very poor reputation with, when it comes to uh, soap operas. And you can say where I'm, where I'm coming from, because you, you, you can see any soap opera and it feels childish, it feels like an afterthought. I felt that too back in the day. I felt that a few mangas uh, have more depth and more nuances, more, I don't know, anything more than uh, that any TV can, pro can provide you, even with real actors. Um, that, that's something that, 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 I don't know, pushed me to be fond of this other art form, from manga. I also loved Slam Dunk from Takehiko Inoue. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, Takehiko Inoue is probably the, the most the most gifted artist, manga artist in the world right now. I know, because Miura died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 Miura. Yeah, without mentioning Miura, to be honest, yeah, I, th I think Hiko Inoue is probably the second best in the world. That's interesting, though, because that makes me want to look. But now, now it makes me wonder, out of... All, you have all those influences, and is did you just take from a lot of those places, or do you have a... Or do you have a, an overarching, not overarching, I should say, is there one of them that really influenced how you wanted to draw more than the others? I, I don't know. I, I, I guess Masakasu Katsura maybe was more akin to my, my style. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, I don't know. It's like it was a blend of whatever I was seeing back in the day. I felt that there was a... I, a I loved what it was. I mean, I, I loved those transformations and I felt I started to draw. I think I just started to draw with those influences in my mind, unconsciously or not. I was uh, somehow doing. I, I felt I needed to draw to tell a story, to be honest. I could definitely see that because I decided to look back through uh, Alpha Luna from the start. And um, yeah. I can see now that you definitely wanted to put as much substance as you could. You wanted to get in characters and dialogue and, you know, fit in a little joke. What you said about uh, relationships and wanting that to be expressed uh, shows real clear in all the stuff that you make. Yeah, the big attraction for any for many movies or whatever movies was the transformation scene. But I, I, I really wanted to go beyond that and and feel that this character, uh, I, I, I wanted them to feel real, to be to be able to em, yeah, empathize with, with them and feel through them the, those emotions. But sadly, I I miscalculated things. <laughs> How do you mean? I, 
Yeah, because being a mangaka in the when I started to to publish Alpha Luna was in 2005, and I didn't have any experience at all. Uh, I, I just went with it. I I remember watching a, a few webcomic series back then in 2005, and I saw I want to do that. I think I saw Shifters by Shadow Miss, um, and I think I I was inspired by her dedication. And I say, uh, I told myself I, I needed to tell a story that I felt that was right. But I miscalculated because the amount of work that involved, um, I don't know if maybe because I have this reference, I wanted a specific style to, to come to life that I, I was very, I don't know if the tailor was the word. I remember back, back then I had to study, I went to study, in Santiago, it was our two-hour trips. I, I came back to work, and when I was in, at work, I was a computer lab teacher, in, in a sense. I mean, not, not that teacher, more, more like a, <laughs> the, the, the one that is, is in charge of that room. <laughs> oh, like a TA, a teaching assistant. Yeah, and I used that time to, to ink my art, to scan it, and to post it. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and people sometimes would, would look over my shoulder and say, what, what is that? Is that uh, is some kind of comic? And I say, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's just something I'm doing. Oh, it's fascinating. And it, it, it would bring a smile to my face, to be honest. Um, and it motivated to, to keep going. But I didn't know nothing. I, I still feel that I, I, I have so much to learn, even today. But because I overestimated the time, the the story, and where I wanted to take this the story for and this character to, over time I was overwhelmed. I and I and I couldn't bring myself to to continue for a long period of time. I I had many hiatuses in in between, but I I I learned I learned quite a lot. Yeah, it looks like you did. Because even from even from your old work, I see now there's like a huge refinement in all the stuff you make. And yeah, that's good. I guess it looks like you became comfortable with the art you wanted to make and now you're just making a better version of it. At least it seems that way. But there's even yeah. there's even like uh more tiny details and you know, you're varying with like a few other ideas and stuff and um, seeing you break out of your comfort zone a few times too. Yeah, because I was experimenting quite a bit. It wasn't just the storytelling because in the beginning I wasn't even writing my script. Halfway to the first chapter, I, I told myself, "What the fuck I'm doing? I, I need to write down this." Then I started to to script everything up front. Then I I was working with paper and pen and ink ink pens and then by chapter three i moved to to all digital so i had to relearn my my craft yeah because then you have to coordinate your hand to the uh to the screen and you have to make sure that your tablet is lined up with the screen so that your strokes make sense so it's a pain in the ass um (laughs) which but now it makes me think because you were talking about having to script it so i mean you want to make a werewolf story and you know, you just listed Werewolf Media that had a 
obviously its influence on you. So what really sparked Alpha Luna in particular, since that seems to be your baby? Uh, because I, I didn't see any werewolves, the female story, to be honest. I, I tried to look up for, for manga with werewolf female. And he didn't find, didn't find any. I think there was back then the only thing that, that was remotely close to it was uh, a hentai by the name of Blue. La Blue Girl. La Blue Girl. And yeah, it is not exactly what you wanted. And it has that one scene that's really nice at the beginning, at least to me. And then it just kind of like, oh, yeah, it doesn't get that good again. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and the design is kind of meh. <laughs> And I, I and I had the transformation scene in my in my head because I obviously because of an American werewolf of in London puts you in the in the skin in the bones of the transformation you feel every every fiber of the muscle uh, changing and there was anything like it in manga or anime it's like what uh, uh, anything back then even even today I, I say when you see anime transformation you see like Plasticines, like like rubber. Oh, like yeah, like it's not really happening to them. It's like a, it's a very smooth transition, or even like a pop, or, or even um, you know, magical girl type stuff still happens too. I mean, yeah, but even when they go beyond that and try to make it more rough and more horror-like, they go more like uh, like liquid. I don't know. It's it's a very weird effect. But I, I had those in my head, and, and when it comes to the character of Luna, I felt that there was nothing I could atta- uh, attach my feelings towards something in particular. So I, I started to grant my, my own idea what was what a werewolf could be like. There was nothing heroic about most of the stories. Most of the stories back then, 2005, even beyond uh, before that, stories were very horror-like or they were the the, the main character uh, was doom was coarse and you were supposed to feel pity with uh, for them and and i didn't feel nothing like it when i f- when i was seeing wearable fart i want them to look beautiful i want them to to be heroic i want them to be uh, to be something that that you could admire, and I felt those traits were not part of any comic back then. I, so I started to sketch. I started to to bring my ideas to to the paper, and and voila. <laughs> but yeah, I think those were the basics. And I don't know. I I draw Luna just because the way I felt she had to have like a not just a physical change but an emotional change too because that's why in the beginning she kind of projects like a shy version of herself with the glasses with the short hair and with when she changes she has very long hair so it's a even though her personality remains basically the same her potential through to to the way she looks it, she projects a different aura in from from the chapter three where where she has her, her long hair. She has a different uh, agenda from there on on. She she's a wearable. She, she needs to understand where she's coming from and what she what all of this means. And that's that's when I had this in my mind that I need to uh, to change the tropes. 
to change the wheel of of what werewolves were for me that they need to be spectacular they need to be loved i don't know yeah i get it it sounds like basically you you observed that the complexity in werewolves both from a physical aspect but also very much from an emotional and thematic aspect they weren't being portrayed in a way that resonated with you so alpha luna in some way has has been a way for you to do exactly that yeah even though i i feel now reading the story the story is very basic it has a very huge huge issues pacing issues it's very difficult to read to be honest Uh, the dialogue is very poor i'm criticizing the hell out of Alpha Luna because, to be honest, I, I wasn't the best writer back then, but what survived through all of those mistakes that I did along the way were the characters. And I felt, even though I didn't went very far with the story, I felt that I managed to connect with people through the characters. And I, and I feel that that really emotionally gave me something to continue on even even now yeah i can see that and you know what you can criticize your writing or your dialogue or anything like that because you know you could argue that oh yeah this is like kind of cliche and shit like that but um i can tell you were having fun with it and that meant that you were being sincere which is good yeah it doesn't come off as pretentious it just really seemed like you were following what you really liked at the time. And that's kind of why when I was rereading it, it didn't really come off as like terribly like outdated or anything like that. And take this and take this as a compliment. You could definitely tell it was it was made to be very much like an anime. I'm like, oh, yeah, here's here's a little the little jokes about you know like you're a woman and you know and the little uh and the little awkwardness and uh, don't you remember me and like ah oh, everybody remembers me now everybody remembers me all these kind of things so it's like man I have seen this before but obviously this dude really enjoyed his anime to be able to uh, put these elements in without it coming off as forced so it was good I think I think that's something to feel good about. And, you know, I also understand that when it comes to when you started, which was, you know, at least 15 years ago, because you said you started, what, 2005, right? 2002. Uh, 17 years, 18 maybe. Yeah, so you have gone through a lot, and if you were to write the story today, it would probably be different, you know, and so that's totally fine. What you did back then was really good. And the art was still still holds up pretty well. Again, I see that you have definitely refined all the stuff that you like to make and that you've definitely gone exploring. And I think I saw that you recently uh, started posting uh, for the story again, right? Yeah, because, well, here in Chile in 2009, my friend started to publish in book format, in printed format. Ah. Uh, a friend published a, a vampire comic. <laughs> I like werewolves, he likes vampires. <laughs> it's a really weird thing. And but but he had contacts to for a print uh, studio. So he suggested me to, to print the Alpha Luna. So I I did it I did that and I tested and it sold 
at all. I mean, it, it did really well here in Chile in very anime cons and a few festivals and all of, all of that. And then I, in 2010, I, I released uh, another book that was a collection of the three first episodes. And then in 2000, 2015, when I thought I wasn't doing, I, I wasn't releasing anything else, another new publishing deal came through and I, they asked me if I could release with them the second volume. So I did that. And from that, I started to receive a lot of people just trying to reach me, feedback, uh, and people loving what I, what I did. Even though I, I knew I, I could have done so much better, <laughs> but I loved the, the love, the charisma, the, the, the fans were coming through. I started to receive art gift, uh, fan art, and that motivated me to, to keep going. The sad part that, that is all of this is that in Chile, the, there are no big publishing deals. Yeah, the publishers here are very self-centered around written books. Mm. When it comes to comics, deals pay you too much. Uh, they just uh, release whatever you have and then they give you something back uh, depending on the sales and, and all of that. So it's a, it's a very, very slow process. To, so around 2015, when I released my second book, that was the same year that, that I started my Patreon. So what, and my Patreon, my Lobo Leo Patreon, uh, boomed. I, I mean, what, that's not the right word, sorry. No, it boomed, yeah, that's the right word. Yeah, I started to receive a ton of, of people and I didn't know that people loved my art so much. So I, I realized that I could really live with my, with my art and I started to, to try to get myself better in that, in that area. So. I started to do more TF art, and that part of my my art gave me more uh, more income to, to keep going to to buy the, the thing that I needed. But Luna Alpha Luna sadly wasn't giving me anything. Oh. It was it was a painful decision. I don't know if it was a decision, but I felt that I, in a way, I had failed in in that area that I, that I wasn't ex maybe exporting Alpha Luna in a in a better platform, maybe maybe internationally. I don't know, whatever. It's hard because and I just want to say, like you know, sometimes it doesn't matter the amount of work that you put in or your output is. It's difficult to have something um, grow into uh something that's kind of self-sustaining it's really hard um stuff that gets noticed it takes a while and everybody's got to get at least a little bit lucky you know you got a lot of fans but you know to get to that next step where you think like oh yeah it's worth you know just pouring myself into this thing more than most other things you yeah you need to get lucky and you yeah. know you can only force so much of the luck and then there's only so much energy to put in and it's tough. I still think that considering what you've said so far, you actually have a, a good deal of success, but I guess maybe it's not the amount of success you would have hoped for. Is that kind of what I'm getting? Yeah, probably I was searching for a kind of a, a kind of success that could pay me to work on Alpha Luna beforehand, before 
uh, waiting for the sales. That mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and that, that kind of deal that can only come through international pitching. And that's something that probably back then I didn't, I couldn't afford or maybe I wasn't prepared to do. Uh, or I felt intimidated to, to make the another step. So it's a part of it is my own fault. So in a way, I gravitated to to focus on TF art because that was the income that was giving me all the, the opportunities to keep growing as an artist. But, but deep inside, I started to feel that I had failed to Alfa Luna. I started to feel that I that, uh, that I wasn't good enough, that I had wasted. And uh, at the same time, I remember that I did the Alfa Luna Patreon that is still up it's, and right now it's, it's back working. And I don't know the comparison. Lobaleo has I don't know eighty. I don't know if it Lobaleo has two hundred followers. Alpha Luna, my Patreon has like twenty. I think it's okay. I think because you got those two different Patreons, and I feel like if you didn't have the other ones, the other Patreon, that would probably have more people. So. You know, it's that's just the thing I think about. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult thing when you you have to manage different areas or different projects because you have to choose. It comes at times when you have to choose where where do I put all my effort or my time, because something gives you a way to to keep going to to grow up, and the other thing is just something that is value over time. That is it's difficult. It's not. It's not really easy. So a- anyway, if to make it short, uh, there's a, a long hiatus after 2015. I think I did a few pages in 2017. Uh, and then in 2018, I think I did my last page and I stopped. And then then COVID came. So I didn't, and I put my priorities in my real life work. Uh, I wasn't even arting at all. For the past three years, I think I didn't art at all. And suddenly, I get a call. They are still waiting. They tell me, hey, you, you still have the intention to release the third book? We still are open. I don't know. Something deep inside came to me. And I said, well, okay, I think I can give it a, a go. Besides, besides, there is always that, that thing back in your spine Sometimes when you leave something that is not quite finished, uh, you leave uh, an open chapter there, and you say to yourself, that's going to haunt you all your life. That's, that's, that's going to follow you all through your life until you, you close. You, you need to close the books that you have, that you that you open and you work mm-hmm. on. Because, because sometimes, especially when they are so important or so important in, in some periods of your life. So that's something I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm drawing Alpha Luna again because I'm finishing chapter five. That was that's where it was back in the day. And with that, I'm finishing the third book that is going to be published here in Chile. Uh, I, I ho- Hopefully for the end of this year. And... And we're going to see what comes next. Yeah. So so now I wonder, you know, with all the time that you've spent, uh, is there anything that you haven't gotten to express yet that you, you know, or rather, how much is left for you to actually express for uh, for Alpha Luna? 
because you know if it's been a long time. Well, Afalonia was supposed to be like an adventure, supernatural drama that was like the main genre, uh, with comedic elements, very much so like manga and anime. But uh, at the same time, as I grew up with drawings, with the past fifteen years, seventeen years or so, my taste and my focus for the story changed abruptly. Uh, in the beginning, of course, my focus when I started drawing, I was like, "Oh my god, I want to make the best transformation, the best epic fight scenes between monsters. I want Luna to become stronger over time. I want the, I, I want her to to learn from from the. I, I really I was picturing her." Uh, lear- learning to be to become a werewolf, learning learning her senses, learning t- to to adapt to a, a new life, and that's something that I still love, by the way. But over time, all my love for the fighting, for the adventure, which uh, diminished, and my focus was with the relation with the relationships and the characters. So that means that you were looking, so the things that you would pretty much be exploring now that you haven't gotten to touch on yet would be character-driven character, character driven stuff. Yeah, there was a moment that when people to, uh, started to to ask me for <laughs> to make uh, the side character Koli a werewolf, and I, I said this is, a, uh, this is a bad idea, this is a joke, because supposedly Luna, uh, Koli was supposed to represent the human life or side of Luna, uh, whatever she, story she was going to, uh, path she's gonna, she was going to take, Koli was supposed to to be the human side, uh, while Fang uh, was supposed to represent uh, the 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 werewolf life that was ahead of her. Yeah, I can see that. They're supposed to. It's definitely the foil that's supposed to play against one another. Yeah, but over time I gave in in the idea. I did a special comic about Collie becoming a werewolf, a, a transformation uh, comic, and I did it for fun. And when I did that comic, I felt so relieved, so unleashed on anything. It's like, okay, I guess I can do everything. I mean, there are no rules. It's true. There are no rules. Yeah, when I did that, I felt that I that I could explore a new as a new aspect of this character that was supposed supposed to be this way. But what happens when you use a character and you now you change her world, you, you change her status quo, and now you put it in another place, in another uh, dilemma with with Luna. So the the relationship changes, but it's still interesting and it's still very much so the same character and is fun, is exciting, and I realized that I be I, I was being a fool all, all this time. So uh, I I I realized over time that I that you don't have to neglect certain ideas just because you you are very focused on something. Because if you're flexible enough, you can learn from from other points of view all all the time. So looking forward to to Alpha Luna, uh, yeah, the story is gonna is gonna come to a halt now. It's gonna 
it's going to come to an open uh, an ending that is going to be very much so an open don't make any expectations just in case save save something for people to actually <laughs> read and look forward to yeah no, no i'm not i'm not going to spoil i'm not going to spoil but i don't want to disappoint either i'm just saying that uh, i'm just looking for uh, an open ending in a way that it, that is satisfying that, that can satisfy a part of the people that follow me all this time. Yeah. Beyond that, uh, the nail in the coffin of Alpha Luna for, for this year is not totally done. I have something more planned. So when you say what else is up from that is in the future. And I can see a way for Alpha Luna to keep going, to to reinvent herself. I and I and I see a way to do it. It's not something like um, I feel comfortable comfortably being open right now because it's something I'm I'm working on. Let's say it's kind of a, of a reboot, maybe I don't know, but then, <laughs> but but someday I'm gonna very much explain it and I'm working on it. Yeah, so... that's fine. It's gonna take a while anyway. I want to switch gears because there is like one question that's dogged me a little bit because I remember finding your stuff and I really liked it and I'm like, man, does he only like werewolves? <laughs> is there any other kind of like monster or creature thing that you actually like to do or is that really your only interest? Well, the, the, the easy answer would be dogs, but <laughs> to be honest. Nice. Very that, similar. Yeah, no, no. To be honest, it's probably not dogs because... Why you're gonna do dogs when you have wolves? It's like yeah, it's just the inferior option. Yeah, because uh, I think there are caveats. I, I don't know if that's the correct word. That comes with something. If you say dogs, uh, a thief dogs, what the caveat that comes with that is like uh, being dominated or being like a pet or being something like that. If you if you follow me, yeah. When you say when you say a werewolf, what comes with it? You say wilderness, uh, I don't know, uh, freedom, being wild, uh, more. I I don't know. You like freedom and power, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. And the wolves and the wolf is really your only thing for that. Yeah, uh, not not really. Uh, it's not like I oppose to other creatures. Um, I think lions I like really much. So to be honest, I I feel they are. Perfect for my tests. It's like uh, people just ask me what I do. So, uh, some people, <laughs> uh, most of the time, I receive commissions uh, that are comfortably, comfortably for me. But I don't refuse when people challenge me. To be honest, uh, I just did a, an Antro Dragon not, not so long ago. I have done a, a few Chimera, which are very canine. With felines, with dragons. So wait a minute. That's the reason I ask because there's a bunch of stuff that I have done for a commission. We'll probably do again, and it's because I feel like it's something that I can just you know uh, I'll do it. Sure, but there's no real motivation for me to do it on my own. So that's why I'm asking you specifically about your interests. Yes. Yeah. If someone challenge asks me to do something that is kind of outside of my comfort zone. I would say yes. I'm. I can try it. I'm gonna try my best, and I'm gonna try to deliver it. 
but it's not something that comes from me naturally it's not like i'm gonna come okay i'm gonna oh, okay this day this is monday okay one day i feel like trying a, a lion no that, that doesn't come to me i have so many projects right now like like you said i have Arfaluna, i have commissions to take off uh, to take care of i have a werewolf uh, comics that i publish on my patreon every single month that i need to make a page of so I need to deliver on those promises and those projects because that's what people gravitate to my work uh, for. So uh, I need... okay, so so there's a there's a bit of pressure. There's a bit of pressure too. Yes. Does that mean that you don't really feel like the room to experiment, even if you wanted no, there, to? Sometimes. There, yeah, I feel there is room, but from commissioners, not from my side. <laughs> yeah, I guess the question is more like: Is there any sort of creature animals that's not a wolf that you like to draw just on your own free time for no reason other than you like it yeah pro probably I, I, uh, yeah a few i think i, I did a few tigers too oh okay yeah i uh, dig it felines let's say felines yeah no no i <laughs> i support that i dig it yeah and i and i like that answer yeah because i'm happy with that so you know, um, one of the things I kind of wanted to ask as well is a lot of the time we focus on English speaking media within transformation spaces online, but there's a lot of TF content that exists in all cultures. So I was curious, you know, to kind of see how is transformation viewed in Chile? Like, is there a specific or unique tone around the themes in transformation in the media from your country? Not really. To be honest, this is a very infant uh, place when it comes to to transformation art. Especially just now, I'm noticing there is a lot of followers from my country that I I wasn't aware of. To be honest, I think the furry community is just barely coming through in a way that is being exposed to media. So from certain cons, they partake on. And that's about it. And within within the furry community, there are you have to ask each person by each person. Hey, do you like TF? And I don't know. It's like a fifty-fifty change. They say yes. So it's mostly very difficult. Oh, hold on a second, because like um, we're talking about like people and stuff. I, the other part of that question that I wonder is: is there any kind of like local? local story or folklore that puts a spin on any kind of like transformation themes because there's a bunch like even the u.s has a folktale the one of virginia dare and you know yeah so i'm wondering if like does chile have that too yeah there, there are a few tales uh especially about in the south area from chile uh you have uh the Chilotes that is from Chiloé. Oh yeah, Chiloé is is a southern island. Yeah, yeah, and it's very much centered about uh, very weird creatures and especially around uh, what is witchcraft, uh, witch witchcrafting. Witchcraft, yeah, yeah. I think there is Ooh, a lot yeah. of that there and. It's still to this day, some people are very, uh, from that, those places are very much uh, uh, believers. I don't know, uh, I mean, from from the countryside. Uh, and 
I don't remember. They're like followers of that ideology. Yeah, sadly, right now I don't remember specific uh, tales, but I, 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 I remember a, a few courses where people would be transformed into like half beard uh, characters. I mean, monsters because they were cursed by the witchcraft, but. But nothing really major when it comes to werewolves, <laughs> because mm, that, unfortunately, unfortunately, but yeah, I think, yeah, mm, yeah, it's a sad story. <laughs> yeah, so basically, it sounds like a lot of the themes, at the very least, uh, for what does exist, even if it's not a lot, it seems to be a lot around punishment and curses, and not so much about like you know empowerment or anything like that. So then I'm curious, you know, you talked a lot about a lot of media and like TV shows or movies from like, you know, English speaking media in terms of TFs. So is has there ever been like any sort of culture shock in terms of like, you know, were there things that maybe non-Chileans would have found interesting that you found actually was like super weird? The fact that people liked what I liked was like a shocking revelation for me back in the day. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, wow, people really like uh, digging this stuff. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, it came slowly to me that there was a, a an open expression about a fetish that wasn't... Uh, for us, for us, for I, I don't know, for Latin American and maybe for more people that feel very reluctant, reluctant to open them, themselves up uh, and to, to to say, yeah, I like this fetish because fetish is very much so uh, so a taboo, okay? So in I think for me it was a, a taboo too, especially for the culture that that I was, I very my my upbringing was half I I, I don't know it, it wasn't a strict Catholic, but it was very much uh, the public system the the school system that we had it, it was very much Catholic center, um, so it. Anything related, it was very much uh, bad, uh, uh, bad looked. I don't know what's the word. Uh, so yeah, so when I I came to uh, to the, the the realization through through the media through websites that fetish was a very thing that you can explore. They they could just post art about it. It was like wow. And then people there was forums about it. And there was all this kind. I mean, it, it was a change for me back in the early uh, mid two thousand. Now down the line, I I could say I don't know. Maybe people uh, people right now, um, they put themselves open to photomorphs, something that is very detailed. Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, what they. I don't know. I I wouldn't do that because I I felt very <laughs> self-conscious, self-conscious about my my own body. So I I admire those people. So I don't know. Uh, you have Rose Crowley, if you know. Uh, she does an amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, Rose Crowley, yeah. Yeah, Rose Crowley. Uh, people that that make that 
that step to to record themselves to go through the process of making like a, a studio uh, make a, a job out of out of this of this very ni very niche very the this underground world that what that we live that is part of the TF community and the TF community in in itself it's underground and part of the fury community so all of that combined is like uh, when i when i came to to all that re realization that that you could make uh your own thing your own world all of the people that love your craft uh, that opened my my eyes and and I started th to see things in a in a in a new light in a very positive light, and when you realize that you're not alone that you can you can contribute to to this craft uh, and uh, to this art and people consider your 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 art like a craftsmanship in a way, uh, you realize that you you are very much loved. Even though you are sharing something very personal and very much uh, revealing, it's very it's it's a very vulnerable yeah. thing to express. Even when because yeah. all of us, all of us, okay, are uh, for better or worse, we're all you know coming real open with the fucking things that we want to see. Like, oh yeah, this is a thing we're into. This is a thing. We're, this is a thing we're very attracted to, and you're going to see it really fucking loud, with as much detail as we could possibly muster. And we're going to keep doing it, you know. <laughs> and and then you know, and then you know what happens is you have to talk to other, not have to, but you will end up talking to other people based on that, you know. And well, you know, if you're not prepared for that, or if you're not really sure of yourself, you know, suddenly you have to uh, gauge. You know how you uh, how you have to approach people, and I know some people have trouble with that. You know, you got the horny brain that leads everything, and then you get the and then you get sometimes um, you know you get people who are just sometimes they're really ashamed. There's a lot of shame too. There's a lot there's a lot of lot of extremes, um, but I think that it is definitely uh, healthy. You know, it's something that adults should be able to do, and um, and be able to discuss and. And I think it's interesting you mentioned, you know, how because of the kind of school system, there was a sense that, you know, enjoying this sort of media in like a, a sexual or lewd way, it, it bumps up against a lot of um, like cultural touchstones that were kind of in place because of the school system that folks went through. Um, I thought I thought that was really interesting because I, I know that, you know, especially given the government at the time with Pinochet and stuff, I mean, I, I can relate in the sense that I family members of mine live in Brazil and, you know, went through a similar kind of uh, system back in the 70s and 80s over there. So, you know, there's a lot that almost isn't talked about or at the very least isn't encouraged. And so, um, you know, it's interesting that you bring up that seeing people get kind of into it um, in a different kind of cultural context helped kind of validate your feelings about it. I think that that's uh, a really cool thing to to know. And I'm also particularly hardened by your words about photomanip since I do that myself. So I, I appreciate your comments there. <laughs> yeah, photo manipulation is hard. Um, 
Yeah, I stopped doing photo manipulation for a reason because it's difficult. Yeah, it's not a shortcut. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a shortcut. <laughs> yeah, so people know because I, why I stopped, by the way, is because I was very picky uh, and I needed to. I needed this angle, this other shot, and and I I gave up. I I just I I couldn't afford to have someone sharing pictures with me. I felt very, and back then I'm talking about a few. I ten years ago when I did my last photo manipulation, maybe I fe I felt really bad asking to people, hey, can you share me your nude picture of this pose or that? I felt very conscious about that, and those sort of the limitations in my mind uh, that I had uh, back then. Now I I be much open to <laughs> to that, but I I felt more freedom with with line art so. no i think that that totally makes sense and it is like you know you are asking i, I appreciate that you're cognizant of that because it is uh, you know a bit of a weird situation to to ask for other people although i know you know there's plenty of people myself included who are very comfortable with that so and you, know. you people worried about <laughs> asking when i've just been given references i'm like okay i need a reference of you and it's like here i am it's nude by the way and i'm like all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i appreciate when people at least say that oh i i okay when i started to take commissions i remember to keep in mind one very important thing and that is i expected to see someone naked at some point for some reason and that i essentially would be like a doctor whatever this is it's all going to be very clinical and it's going to just be purely utilitarian but i have seen i know i'm acting like i've like i've like I've seen like a bunch, but I've definitely seen more than I expected. Just be like, all right, I'm going to need a reference of you. And by the way, if it is, you have to tell me, you have to tell me beforehand that, uh, that it's going to be like you and the nude or something. And they just opt for that. And I'm like, okay, here we are. So, you know, I was also curious, um, you know, given that English is your second language, how has um, interacting with fans affected your perspective on tf like has it been a struggle to communicate the sort of content you enjoy in another language or has it felt like a smooth sort of process no no uh, the the most difficult part was for me talking uh writing writing, writing it down i think uh, it was kind of easy you, al you always have the <laughs> the luxury of having an online translator or even a dictionary so i didn't i didn't have a, a an issue with communicating with people when they did a, a commission maybe maybe in their early days to be honest just just at the beginning but but what I, what maybe limited my my capacity in, in terms of, of english it was about the idea of being part of something of our community i never felt like being part of of the tf community in in a sense for many many years uh, maybe uh, by 2015 when i opened my patreon that's when i started to see myself of part of the community before that i felt very much so like a, an outsider something that added some some web of stuff into the world and i was happy with that but i realized i i think i tried a few forums back in the day uh but 
I realized there was not a sense of community. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna criticize a part of. Maybe some people won't like it, but I felt the TF community, and I I think I'm pretty much still feel so. It's kinda divided in many aspects. I mean, by it by its by its own nature, it is divided because pe some people are very much into a particularly a type of transformation and that is fine uh, you you have i don't know you have transgender besides tf animal transformation oh, transfer you, yeah you have transgender then you have a the growing growing transformation then you have a good transformation and beyond that you have female or male and that very distinction is kind of bothered me you know i realized very soon that when i start i think i i went into the process forum if you remember that one. oh my god and that and that place was very much only female i think yes uh, and, they... I, remem and oh. I remember sharing one link one time or one picture that, that i did and people and I think I, someone didn't like that, and <laughs> and I felt really bad for a long time that I wasn't supposed to do that. Uh, so I stayed away <laughs> for for many places because I realized that the that the TIF community in quotes wasn't really. Uh, They're really, not a community. I have been saying that for fucking years. Yeah. No, look, you're not alone. I have been, I, I've been putting that. That's why I refrain from calling it a community as much as possible. It's a fandom, and fandoms have pockets and clicks and crews. And I get that you can't know everybody and that you can't be friends with everybody. But my point is that it, yeah, you do see a lot of divides, and sometimes it's just like they they put themselves into the box. And I get wanting more because when I came to terms with the fact you know of what i wanted to see and what i like yeah i wanted more but i also was really interested in all the other things that came across what's that oh my god that's fucked up i don't like that oh what's that oh man that's really weird but i think i kind of like it you know and and and, and you just <laughs> and you just fucking explore you know and you stay open to like people's like yeah. styles and sometimes you move past certain likes yeah. and you move towards others ah and some some people some people did, don't even like federal they only like intro and that like what why oh i mean i don't know i, I mean that's very and for me it was a i think it was a very conscious decision no it was an unconscious way of my art to develop to develop over time because uh, as you know as you know my tf wearable art is male and female is is both I, I I do a little bit of that. I do a little bit of uh, feral. So just to just just to make like a short callback, the other thing about uh, Alpha Luna that I noticed is that you gave four different forms. There was the human, then there was like the the bit of like you know kind of like monster girl, monster guy thing, you know, and then you had the very more beastly one, and then you had the straight up big wolf. And I looked at that and I thought. Yeah, I think I think you like all the gradients. And you just want to have a little bit of everything. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I could say now that maybe I, I gravitate in a way to this or that because of the mood that I am 
I'm on in the, in the depending on the time that I that I feel like when I when I draw mel werewolf transformations I feel like I'm I'm self uh, imposing my my conscious into the character that I'm that I'm seeing projection so I'm, I'm projecting myself into the male character because I feel like I'm trying to connect with the how how does he feels how is he feeling in this particular the TF moment. Uh, I want to to experience a through his eyes and make that connection through my drawing. And I try my best to do that. When I when I do a female, I'm not a female, but I but I feel uh, the the characteristics, the the way she put. Uh, I I don't know the the body, the 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 nature the. the uh, there are o there are other uh, aspects and themes that you 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 feel like you can project through drawing and and through the character and that that's the nature of the TF art for me. It's like projecting different ideas. It's not necessarily for me. It's not about uh, to make something that is only for you to admire, but but to be part. Of that is that make any sense? I don't know. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. And I mean, uh, you know, hearkening back, I think to the the divides in community uh, points. Like, I do agree that there are a lot of divides in terms of what people like and don't like. And you know, you can sometimes transit through one space, and if you put a different kind of content out there, it might not have the best reaction. But and I mean, I've I've said this before. I do overall still disagree that there can't be. A sense of community. I know I have experienced it. I know um, perhaps that is a, a lucky um, experience on my part, but you know, I think I think it's also fair to have differing personal interactions with people in the transformation fandom and come to different conclusions as to you know how much of a sense of a community you you feel is there. And I imagine that you know, in particular, like experiencing what you mentioned, Leo, in terms of like, you know, posting your stuff in one place and then, you know, getting a, a different reaction than expected because they expected one kind of content, that that is certainly off-putting and it's not a great feeling. Yeah, but I, I think I, I do agree that people are, I mean, everyone is entitled to like whatever they like and, and the, the very nature of TFR that is very... Uh, that it has so many layers and different aspects is very much welcome. But I, I just try. I think people should be more open to to explore and and see other things as well without feeling feeling I don't know uh, feeling that they own the what they need to receive. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, I I agree. I think I think you you're making a good point there. But it's also kind of funny to me because you, um, because because one thing that I wanted to touch on was, you know, you said you didn't really feel part of the community. Yet, ironically, as far as I'm concerned, you know, eventually I'm gonna run into your name. It's just like, oh yeah, and Lobo Leo, he is like the yeah. fucking master of this, and it's just like yeah. just one of the fucking like greatest, and so. You hear it all the time, honestly. Yeah, it's just that nobody will say it to your face most of the time, but it's out there. Yeah, no, there's definitely a, a cachet or a, a like a a sizable amount of goodwill I think that people have towards yourself and and your art, and they might not always express it directly um, because you know sometimes people in the moment when they chat with someone one on one they almost feel like 
intimidated by their own expectations. But I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of people out there who really love your stuff. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciate the, the people that really come and are able to, to reach to me and say very kind words, to be honest, because... Uh, those are the, the the things that last that stay with you for a long long time, but uh, I, I I don't know. It's really f- difficult for for me to measure the the impact that I that I did. I I say that I know that I feel that I know that that I am a reference when it comes to world of, world of art because I've been ar- around for a long long time. Uh, but I know. From here and out, in 20 years from now, uh, other people are going to be the reference of World of Art uh, right now. Uh, I'm seeing the astonishing, amazing art of Liminal Bean, for example, Viergacht, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, even Dog Blood, uh, people that are very, very talented. So I I felt that I, I did contribute right now. I mean, I did contribute 20 years ago to something that was very much my own, that was my my blend of manga and Werewolf TF that wasn't, that, that, that maybe there was a void there. And I felt that I connected with those people that that had the same tastes, taste that I had. And I... Uh, and I love that connection. I love that people really, really, f- that my lines, that the feelings that I put through the characters, through the scenes that I drew, they came through. Um, I I can be more more thankful for that. I yeah, man, you fucking you you fucking made a big impact, and you know it's been twenty years. You've had your long hiatuses, but nobody forgot. And when you you know you come back and. I'm pretty sure you at least noticed some of the influx of people just, you know, being excited about that. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's interesting, I think, that you, you kind of mention all of that because I, I'm curious to know, We I've, like, heard that you struggle a little bit with imposter syndrome. And so I'm kind of curious if you're willing to talk about that and, like, what that's been like and how it's affected your art style. Uh, well, the fact that I... That that I never took my art very seriously, maybe is the reason. I mean, for most of of the beginning, and maybe at, just before the, before Patreon, I never I I I was taking a, a few commissions here and there, but I never I never went beyond myself and say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna study art. I'm gonna go into art school i'm gonna try to be the, the the best illustrator that i can because i didn't i i went to graphic design then i i didn't finish that career i then i started to, to study for teacher for english teacher and that's something that i didn't feel very content with my with my own but I, I continued to draw all the way through. But I, but because in a sense, I, I think real life gets into your head and I, and people around you, you, they tell you, well, this is a part of your life, but this is not going to be your life. You, you cannot uh, put uh, your future into into this kind of stuff. 
and for for a long time I I had that that in mind. But right now I I don't give a fuck to be honest. Yeah, I don't give a fuck what people tell me right now. What I'm supposed to be, what I'm where supposed to go, because I I lived through that. I that put me in a very bad place. I I felt like I didn't deserve uh, the attention of of the art that I was getting. I didn't feel that my art was good enough, but to be honest, I know I'm not better than many, many artists out there. Uh, I think I'm fairly competent in my craft, in my style. And I think that is more important than anything else. Uh, and this is from the bottom of my heart to anything, a- anyone else that feel the same, that feel that they are not good, good enough. It does it, it not it is not important what it is what it is. it is important in the end is that your art comes through in a way that that, that you put your feelings out there through your drawings to whatever craft you you're making because uh, this is something I, I said before to someone that uh, inspiration can come through whatever it doesn't have to come from fine art from the more spectacular thing that someone built or this amazing drawing that took forever and it's shiny no uh, inspiration can uh, can come from anything from from a from a crappy drawing from a sketch from a from an idea from a story except that something did from a fanfic uh, and I, I have gotten that. I, I, I felt that inspiration. I, and I feel that now. I, I'm really grateful that somehow my art was capable of doing that for several folks out there. And I don't feel that bad about my craft anymore. I, I know my limits. I know that I'm very slow. I'm very bad with anatomy, but I, I struggle a lot. I take my time. I'm Did not you a, say you're as, flat with anatomy? I'm no. I'm I'm really bad. Uh, you're slow. bad with it. Oh yeah, I have my my issues with it, and I have I I take a very long time to to make certain things work, and uh, in comparison to to other people. But that's something that I have learned to to come to a mindset that is not about uh, how other how other people perform perform. It's about what you gain in each step that you, that you do, what you learn from each step that you do. So I don't care about the that feeling of not being good enough. I I just care for okay. I did something today. And this is an improvement. That that's it. I think that's the best thing that you can do every every day. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, it's healthy mindset. I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I I will say, I it definitely doesn't come across to me like you don't have a good grasp of anatomy because I think some of the pieces you've done actually have very detailed stuff on that front. Yeah, so. but they take a long, long time. That that's yeah. the thing. People people often often forget that. Uh, some people they really struggle with some drawings and they they don't see the process behind it so they only see the result so so yeah <laughs> but thanks again it sounds like in terms of the process that you've kind of gone through emotionally with grappling with that feeling and then kind of coming to a place where you know you don't worry 
as much anymore about, you know, oh, that feeling of maybe not feeling good enough. So how does it feel then when people kind of put you on a on a pedestal when it comes to werewolf transformations? Like, does it make you feel strange at all? Or does it um, like, does it make you happy? Right now? I don't know. I, I say I am really supportive about the people that come to me and they express their feelings. I try to be positive uh, uh, while they behave because <laughs> there oh. are some people that yeah there are some people that that don't that don't know how to properly communicate the <laughs> communicate and they they don't realize that some people uh, well I'm not gonna go into that detail but yeah I. I I I love the the people that come to me and they appreciate my work, but I I really encourage people to to don't to don't uh, limit the reviews to to one thing to one style. Mine is one style of many of hundreds of the, and they need they don't have to make the the mistake that I did. That is what. I I just focus on doing line art and storytelling for a long long time. When I should be when I should have made myself uh, try to learn new techniques. No 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 no. Wait, made. hold on a second. It's if you're gonna if you get if you're gonna make that kind of <laughs> statement, if you're gonna make that kind of statement, that's actually you being not so good to yourself. That's the kind of thing that puts me in really bad mindsets. The should statements. Why? Why? Because when I think about all the time that I spent not doing something, it gets really depressing. It's the sort of thing that, you know, that whole thing about being happy that you did something that day? Yeah, fuck that. That doesn't matter because of all the time I didn't spend doing something. No, 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 no. Uh, what I'm trying to say, basically, is that you don't have to focus on, uh, I mean, you don't have to only see one style um no i understand that i got that part it's just i I guess i'm just directing your attitude towards yourself that i that you know that seemed to come out which was you know you think that you should have been practicing other styles or learning other things but you know you're very i mean it seems like you're doing something conscious if you want to try something new by all means i think that would be really (laughs) exciting to see um but but if you give me the should, you give me the should, then that's just going to kind of make me think, oh, yeah, you kind of feel bad that you didn't. You don't really need to. All right. Um, that's one, another reason I'm going to bring it up again. It's important to say that your work, despite being essentially the same style, has grown. You know, even the way you even the way you color has grown. Everything has evolved. So despite it being essentially the same it is a it is a much improved version or at least just like i said it still has its own differences one day i don't know try fucking lineless try anything you want do it like one time but you know i i don't think it's possible for you to say yeah i'm happy i did something one day and now you're being like man you know i should have tried to learn a bunch of other styles that's a lot of fucking work too and that's in between (laughs) your like hiatuses and the struggles with your you know with your life and you know fucking social upheaval are you fucking kidding me i should have spent time learning other styles come on no no uh, maybe what i'm trying to say too is that you, you 
this is like an advice for people that are trying to figure out figure out what to do beyond uh, or what they are they should focus on something uh, and that's so, yeah. and that's totally fine they if you want to proceed with with some style do it but don't be afraid to to try something else uh, yeah because that's gonna give you different uh, tools that maybe you're gonna need later uh that's something that i regret that i didn't try more that's it it's not uh, saying that i that i okay. that i that i don't like what i what i accomplished because i like where where my line art style is right now uh i i see my main limitation i'm trying to overcome those but it takes time. Everything takes time. But I, but I just advise people to don't limit the, their views uh, and and appreciate everything. Uh, even your own work is amazing in its growing shape, and that's gonna change every time you try again. So that's it. That's what I'm trying to come across. I think. <laughs> okay. All right. I accept that. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense to me. So then I guess, um, you know, I, I think that's really helpful advice. And do you have any other advice for people who are trying to kind of overcome those feelings of not feeling great at art, even though they're producing art? Uh, yeah, uh, just screw up, screw, uh, make all the mistakes that you that you have right now, because those the mistakes are the things that are going to teach you the most. Uh, don't be afraid of that. I think most people are really self-conscious about those uh, little things. They want to produce something really special in the nick of time, in the moment, on the... Yeah, so don't worry. Just don't give a fuck. Just draw. That's my my two cents. <laughs> Simple advice. It makes a lot of sense. And there is the... Um analysis by paralysis you know there are people who do worry about um everything else and uh they end up not doing anything and um that goes that goes for a lot of things but art especially can be uh, good at uh paralyzing you into not doing anything because you're trying to figure out before you think you're ready and i've been caught in that trap plenty of times but yeah man um i think what you have to say is um is good it is simple you can always have conversations with people about that, but I am glad to know that you encourage people to appreciate their journey with it and to be honest and sincere with your expressions. And I, I hope that people take away from from this like portion of our episode, you know, the fact that um, everyone starts somewhere, the people you look up to the most start somewhere, and we all have these kind of to some degree these feelings of like oh you know maybe my stuff isn't that good or conversely like you know like it's not where i want it to be and it's more than okay it's very normal to to struggle with those kinds of things and uh the more you work at it and the more mistakes you make the more you learn for future pieces which i think is you know also talk to people things to try to yes, actually talk to people try to cuz cuz they're supposed to be an art community try try to see about that commune with people it's it does help yeah goodness knows the number of times i like will like show my piece to like 
you know, someone whose opinion I, I value and I know has knows at least something about art and I'll be like, hey, you know, do you see anything wrong with this piece? Like, should I be changing X, Y, Z? And usually I'll get good feedback and it makes the final product that much better because they other people will catch things that you won't necessarily at first blush. And then as soon as they point it out, it's like, oh, you're right. That's super obvious. How did I miss that? Um, it, it just really helps in terms of making the final products that you put out there that much better. Yeah, I, I really appreciate, by, by the way, I really appreciate the, when the commissioner takes the time to to criticize your your work. So you are not immune to, to make mistakes just because you've been doing this for a long time. Uh, just recently, I did a, a kidding commission. Oh, by the way, that's, that wasn't a werewolf. It was a werekidding, by the way. And <laughs> 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 I did for Nandred. And this person uh, really gave me like the best criticism critics like this could be that way that way and made the final product 10 times better so yeah i really appreciate those no that's awesome that yeah so i think that was all the questions that we had um did you have any questions for us <laughs> i i don't know i mean maybe i should give a shout out to to the people that are kind of around me when it comes to the art sure yeah, right now I'm at uh, at Discord. I I have my own my own server in a way <clears throat> because well I ne I never felt like having my own server to be honest because that was a, like a ton of work. I never felt like uh, very passionate about having my I, I I didn't want them I want I didn't want that server to be called my by my name. So uh, I was invited to the Werewolf Preservation Society that is run by a few good people, Sinfal, Russia, Nighty, and Exen. So a shout out for them. The, the Werewolf Preservation Society, uh, I think you can look it up in Discord and find it, maybe. Yeah, uh, you can f talk to me there. Um, also, I'm... Right now, I'm working to restore globaleo.com, my web, my old website. And yeah, I'm actually this week I've been trying to rebuild the the, the gallery and post new art. So it's gonna have, the gallery is gonna have a new revamp design after how many years maybe 10 years oh, yeah it's a it's a huge deal for me so i have a web designer that is helping me that is josh uh so i appreciate on there so i'm doing all of that and the patreon Lobo Leo, and also alpha luna so all of that <laughs> doing working arting fun stuff <laughs> yeah all good stuff all good stuff well i'm i'm definitely looking forward to seeing the website come back because i know you've uh you had a lot of great stuff in there and uh you know i think i think it'll be really great to have that central location outside of patreon yeah because uh it's kind of difficult to find all the tf art that there is around nowadays because most people most people have moved to patreon or they, there, there isn't a single gallery, good gallery, to be honest. You have legal, legacy, legacy sites such as for Affinity, but but uploading, but most people that are still use that gallery is because they are very famous for the artists. <laughs> for for me, it didn't 
quite work. I was very slow there. And Twitter doesn't has probably the worst gallery that you could you could ask that you could ask for. That's not a gallery. What you do that for is to get your galleries noticed in the first place. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, it's very kind of... You have Discord mostly nowadays, and that's about it. I don't know. You back up you, you back up your shit on your hard drives and do some redundancies, use some other cloud things, you know, and be able to just, you know, have access to it. Otherwise, uh, leaving it at the mercy of a website entirely, of any kind, is uh is just eventually something could happen at any time rules change all the time with websites and such unfortunately and not to mention you know it's it's hard because you do want to you want to share things there uh but you know everything's fickle no matter how long something lasts and you know it's 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 just kind of a trade-off it's why we have to be able to keep track of our own stuff and I guess spread it around however we want. I I I kind of miss the days when you had only websites and a web ring, a TIFF web ring. <laughs> it was very easy to do. <laughs> but it was so hard to find anything, and you didn't know what was legit and what was just like a copy paste of a blurry thing. And it's like, the fuck Maybe. is this? What do you What do you mean this is just the thumbnail? When I click it, it's just the thumbnail again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a different world uh, fifteen years ago. To be honest, not all that bad though. It's it's there are a lot of things that are better, and it is cool that I um have learned to find a bunch of other things. Yeah, I don't know what else you want to ask me something. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking about it. I feel like you have covered a lot of you know yourself. You've been very open. And it's been really cool of you, how comfortable you've been just uh, talking about yourself, what you think, what you want to do. And, uh, yeah, just pretty good. I guess, um, just thinking about it for a second. Yeah, uh, I guess the only other thing I would want want to know is uh, how it affected your in-person stuff. But it looks like, yeah, you've gone over a lot of things. You know, you've talked about how it affected you and your life directly. You know, you've you've published some of your work. You know, that means that people at least have an in an indication of you know some of the stuff that you really enjoy and people just know that on your face and uh that's cool it definitely has changed your life which is something that i want to know about and in bigger ways than i would have ever thought so yeah excellent i moving forward i just i think what i can say to before we finish is that uh i think I'm finally in terms with who I am and who what I can provide. Uh, it's been really, really difficult for the past few years that I I've, I have taken many hiatuses and I am, think I'm very infi- infamous infamous uh, infamous, because, yeah. infamous because of that. Uh, but I have come to terms with what I can make and what I. Can can make and how much uh, how much I can work with uh, and I, I think I'm in a in a phase of my life I'm, I'm getting to my mid for this so you know uh, so I know I know where I want to take my, my art to so I, I think I'm gonna be around until my my health provides me so people know. Mm-hmm 
that I I'm gonna be here uh, for a while. And just just reach to me on Twitter. I have my 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 primary contact place for the for those who are not part of the Discord. So yeah, I'm gonna be doing more werewolf as long as I can. I, I guess I don't know. <laughs> no, that's that's really good to hear. And I you know I I really am glad you were able to come on the the podcast. It was really nice having you here, and really appreciate you taking the time to to chat with us today. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Libra, for inviting me. Uh, thanks, uh, Seal, for, for for being an amazing guest. Oh, thank you. <laughs> amazing. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to uh, this week's episode. Um, we didn't have any audience questions this time, but, um, you know, just a reminder um, to either leave comments or even tweet questions at us if you use the hashtag tf tuesday pod you can use that as a way if you don't want to just comment directly under episodes through youtube or twitter so feel free to tweet at us with that hashtag and uh we'll uh, have more audience questions in the future for other episodes but uh for the time being uh, i hope you all have a great week and stay tf yeah, keep an open mind do what leo said we can be friends leo yeah <laughs> keep, keep, stay open-minded about that <laughs> yeah stay open-minded <laughs> Thanks, everyone.